Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L. And I'm Hannah D. And we're your host. This podcast is a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you can reach our booking team by texting this number, 919-675-1058, or join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Anon podcast, T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to fellowship with other guests and listeners. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with step work, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as an additional resource towards our collective growth as addicts in recovery. This podcast does not represent NA and is not affiliated with NA as a whole. We are simply addicts who are seeking the message of recovery by discussing NA literature together. Nothing more and for sure nothing less. We are grateful to be of service and to give back to our fellowship by helping facilitate this podcast. Now let's get started. Addict named Jacob S. April 20. Addiction is a family disease, but we could only change ourselves. Many of us come from severely damaged families. At times, the insanity that remains among our relatives feels overwhelming. Sometimes we feel like packing our bags and moving far, far away. We pray that our family members will join us in recovery, but to our great sadness, this does not always happen. Sometimes, despite our best efforts to carry the message, we find that we cannot help those that we hold most dear. Our group experience has taught us that frequently we are too close to our relatives to help them. We learn that it is better to leave them in our higher power's care. We have found that when we stop trying to settle the problems of family members, we give them the room that they need to work things out in their own lives. By reminding them that we are not able to solve their problems for them, we give ourselves the freedom to live our own lives. We have faith that God will help our relatives. Often the best thing we can give our loved ones is an example of our own ongoing recovery. For the sake of our family's sanity and our own, we must let our relatives find their own ways to recover. Just for today, I will seek to work my own program and leave my family in the care of a higher power. In today's episode, we will discuss the Just for Today meditation with our guest, Lisa S. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Hannah. This is just too awesome. I'm telling you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Lisa. So what is your clean date? Where do you attend meetings? And do you want to give your home group a shout out? I would definitely love to do that. My clean date is March 6th, 1981. My home group is in Newburgh, Indiana. I celebrated 40 years of ongoing sobriety and clean time yesterday. So this is timely. My home group is in Newburgh, Indiana at the Kiwanis Club. I call it, we call it the Owen Order. I can't go through with it group. Oh my goodness. 40 years. Wow. Thank you for I being- know that's how long it took Moses to get out of the desert. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm in the promised land now. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lisa. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, so can you share your thoughts on the Just for Today on detachment? Well, I think it's interesting you picked 420 because that's universally known as the smokeout day. Oh, I know. And, and I think what happened for me early in sobriety was I had to really smoke out the, um, the fire and the damage that I had done by, by my addiction what I had done to the people I love, what I had done to the people that employed me, 
what I had done to my community. You know, I kind of really had to put out a lot of fires. So that meditation on 420 is perfect because as I progressed in working the 12 steps, what I realized was I had another problem and it was self-centeredness. So once I dealt with the allergy to mood altering chemicals, the powerlessness of, of drugs and alcohol, I realized I also had to deal with self-centeredness. And the fourth and fifth step brought about to me how consumed I was with myself, my own fears, my own accomplishments, my need for approval, my people pleasing. So four and five really brought that to life for me. And then as I kept going through the steps, it really occurred to me that what I do and don't do affects everybody. But I love that it said we have to leave our family, friends, and foe to our higher power. The higher power thing is, is, is hard for me still, even at 40 years, it's very private. I was raised Jewish. So theology did not fit for me in, in defining a higher power. I go to my religion, Judaism, uh, but when, when I hear things like turn it over to your higher power, I really struggle with that still today. But I know spiritually, which for me has nothing to do with theology, and I think Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob really didn't want this to be about theology, but a power. And I have to just trust the people that still struggle that I love even if it doesn't have to do with drugs and alcohol, I have to turn that over and be the best Lisa I can be, the most honest I can be, but even with boundaries, with honesty, I always thought I'd tell everything and be everything and do everything. And I've learned, especially in step 11, to pause when agitated and really take a break and tune into my power for that day. And, and trust that as long as I can be as clean living and clean minded as I can be, the rest will turn out okay. And by step 12, carrying the message to others, I learned to have faith that everybody else is gonna get what they need, no matter what I do or don't do. So that's how I kind of interpreted the, the 420 meditation. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lisa, I would love to hear more about your time in recovery. I mean, 40 years. Wow. Like, <laughs> uh, I would love to hear some more about you and your story. Like, and what it was sure. like when you got here. Oh my God. I'll, you know, okay. Here's the deal. There wasn't even narcotics anonymous meetings when I got in, in 1981, it was even before the AIDS epidemic. So I had to, they didn't even take drug addicts in treatment back then. You had to go to separate treatment than the alcoholic. Well, I ended up drinking my way in into the program because that was the final drug of choice that I felt was available and acceptable for me to use. So when I came into the program, you know, I had turned into that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde from a long history of horrible drug addiction and drug affliction, including alcohol. 
And I think I was so damn desperate, Hannah, when I got here in March of 1981. It didn't matter if they were a bunch of old Vietnam vet drunks. It didn't matter who they were, what their age was, what their color was, what their gender was, what their sexuality was. I think I was so in pain and desperate. I just saw this program and this fellowship as a life raft. And when you're on a life raft, you're not looking around at anybody else. You just just want to survive and I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired and I just didn't think there was any place left for me I was drugged into a state of submission um, and the only way around back then was to get around others that were blind like me but had saw some light so I just followed those blind people that were looking at life and people again and through my desperation, and I think the first couple years I was sober, I was so desperate, and I never really thought I'd stay sober. I think I and clean. I thought I'd die in a car crash for sure because I used to drive on quaaludes, and I was just so wasted all the time. I was a daily addict, daily. I couldn't get enough. My tolerance was so high, you wouldn't have believed what I could put in my system in a twenty-four hour period. So. I, you know, when I got here, there was just no life left in me unless I went to a meeting. And when I went to those meetings, the lights went on in me. And I think now I look back, I think it was hope. So I did the 90 and 90 and I did years of meetings every day. I had to have a dosage of this fellowship. And I found a sponsor who was a male because back then there weren't many women in AA that understood the drug issue. They eventually started Narcotics Anonymous late in the 80s in our area, and it was a great group, uh, but I'd already been so integrated into AA, I went to NA to carry a message there and to get it started, but now we have a great NA group clubhouse that was in our area, so, you know, it's the same 12 steps, but I just couldn't I couldn't conceptualize any of it for a long, long time. I just knew when I went to a meeting, I felt better and that the people there were authentic. They cared. They had a message that I needed to tap into. And that, that was my early sobriety. And then as I cleaned up and thought out, took the steps, got a good sponsor. He was really tough with me and I needed tough. I didn't need anybody feeling sorry for me. I needed tough. And he was incredibly tough with me and directed me to the book with everything I needed a solution for. Went back to work, had my wages garnished, paid off all my bad checks. And little by little, you know, self-esteem came in and the self-centeredness that I was so burdened with started to subside for some reprieves. Uh, and I just started rebuilding a life from scratch. My parents died when I was 21. So I didn't have any family except an older sister that was perfect. She was the perfect Jewish American princess. And she had these kids that she loved and a husband that took care of their family and took care of their kids and made their kids number one. And I tried to draft off that, but I never fit in there because of my lifestyle of drugs. So the fellowship was my family. And I grew up in the fellowship. I grew up by the steps, by the sponsors, by the old timers, by the newcomers. I was encouraged like you to chair meetings, to get involved, to do service work. 
And now the profession I'm in, even as a therapist, I'm always telling people, go help somebody. If you want to increase your self-esteem, go help somebody. Wow. So, so it, it's a lot, it, it, you know, my lead is, is pretty much going back to those basics and it's still the same way at 40 years. Do what works and pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. That's incredible, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's it's really great having you here to share your experience, strength, and hope. And it just shows the program works, but it can work. It you know it's the same it's the same program with the same principles, and you know it's it works. It just keeps working if you work it, and yes. you are living proof that it it can work. And you you know you've just been here for the entire existence of NA, and it's just really beautiful. So I'm really well, it, it, it can work and it can even make life better and better. It gets better and better. The years, the quantity, yeah, I'm a dinosaur now, but the quality of my life as a result of this program keeps getting better and better. Now I have family coming in that I turned over to that power. So thank you, Hannah, for all you do. Just keep passing it on. We need you. I will continue to do my best to carry the message. And Lisa, so we have a question we ask all of our guests that come on before they head out. And that is, if you could talk to you, Lisa S, with one day or one week clean, if you, <laughs> a long time ago, sure. but if you could tell her anything, if there was anything you'd want her to know today, if you could talk to her, what would you say to her today? That's a great, great question because in our back to basics groups, we're bringing back some of the things we heard that, that meant a lot for us as a newcomer. One of them was don't pick up that first mood altering chemical. To repeat that to, in my head as often as I can, don't pick up the first drink or the first drug. And the second thing I heard that meant so much to me was keep coming back. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. We encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Until next time, we are your hosts, Hannah D. And Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm-hmm.